Do you believe foods are the root of all your ailments, physically and emotionally? And if you could just change your food, then you would be okay? Or do you find yourself throughout the day wondering what you ate to make you feel this way or that way? Or maybe you definitely declare already certain foods do in fact make you feel a certain way. But could this be a self-fulfilling prophecy? While I do know food can be a powerful source in our well-being, it is definitely not the only thing and likely not the main driver. Tune in to break away from food being responsible for everything. Welcome to the Love Your Food, Love Yourself, Love Your Life podcast. I am Tammy, your fun-loving and often quirky host. I have been a dietitian for close to 20 years where I've helped countless women transform not only their relationship with food, but more importantly themselves. I believe to my core that as you start peeling back the layers to loving your food and yourself, you end up loving your life like never before. And now is the time, my friend. It is time to break up with diet culture, shift your current stories, rev up your internal wisdom, and recognize that every body, regardless of size, not only deserves dignity and respect, but can be healthy because your habits and how you love on yourself is truly what matters. In this podcast, we have real conversations about struggles, insecurities, and false beliefs with loving ourselves and each other through the lens of curiosity, anti-judgment, intuitive eating, spirituality, journaling, and a heaping dose of laughter, maybe some tears, but always a whole lot of realness. Hey friends, it's Tammy Lance today, and I am very excited to talk with you today on this episode regarding stopping blaming food for everything. And I have to tell you, this episode is near and dear to my heart. Now, I feel like I've said that recently, and maybe that's because I'm talking about more and more things that I'm just truly, really passionate about. But I really do feel very passionate about this topic. And this comes from years of working in pediatrics and also from my own experience. So just to keep it lighthearted and fun at first, I wanted to share a little bit about when I worked in pediatrics, what myself and the other employees and coworkers who I worked with, what we heard about all the time was milk. (laughs) Milk was responsible for just almost everything in every child, irregardless of how old they are. Now, granted, when you have an infant under the age of one and especially under the age of six months and they're only consuming milk, then definitely milk is a big topic there. However, as we get into other foods and especially toddlerhood and we start to grow up and eating a variety of things, there's so many other things at play when it comes to our digestion. But what's funny is that even though I had that experience myself of helping others to see where food wasn't the problem, (laughs) I 
really, really still fell into the rut of thinking that food was the thing I needed to fix. You know, I went to college to, well, number one, when I started out in college, I thought I was going to become a psychologist and I took one class of psychology and I didn't love the teacher. So I dropped out and I said, nope, I did finish the course, but I I stopped and I said, nope, this is not going to be my major. And I started taking other introductory classes. And when I took nutrition, it kind of lit a fire under me. And I thought, wow, this is great. If we could just figure food out, then number one, the size of my body will be the right size at all times. And number two, it can prevent all the health problems. We can like use food basically as medicine instead of having to take a whole bunch of medicines. And this just really lit me up as an undergrad. And I continued that thinking for goodness a long time into where I started having some of my own health difficulties and I was having a lot of problems with GI upset. I was having constant, persistent cold sores. I was having a lot of yeast infections. I was having a lot of things happening with me. I had days where I really didn't want to get out of bed. And so the easiest thing for me was to say, okay, I need to figure out what foods I'm eating that I'm not supposed to be eating. And this began the stories of this food makes me bloated and this food makes me tired and this food is contributing to my body size and all of these other things related to the physical side of my living experience, basically. And as well, when I'm working with clients, I hear things now such as, this food tastes so good that I can't stop eating it. You know, it's the food's fault, right? (laughs) Or, oh my gosh, you know, this food is going to give me heart disease. If I eat too much of this food, it's going to give me diabetes. Or if I eat these foods, I'm going to have chronic stomach problems like so-and-so and and -and so-and-so, right? So I'm curious, like, does any of this sound familiar? Kind of take a step back and say, hmm, okay, where in my day Where in my life am I blaming food? I mean, you know me, I love reflective processes. So this is why I'm asking, you know, just take a peek at what you've said to yourself today. Like, have you blamed food? Or are you making food kind of the the culprit for your ailments? And I ask this because, my goodness, I really went down the rabbit hole with this for myself. And like I said, I really just thought, okay, I need to take this type of blood test. I need to do this. I need to cut this food out. I need to cut this food out. And here's what was even more challenging is when I made one change within my eating regimen, I did start to feel better. But the thing was, is I was doing a lot of other things. So I had really changed my life in terms of what type of work I was doing, not doing, how much physical activity I was getting. I was taking 
some different whole food supplements. I was doing a lot of different things while also cutting the foods out. And that is my experience of working with clients in this area. Oftentimes when we cut the certain foods out, the foods that we think are the culprits, we're oftentimes doing other things too. (laughs) So it can be really challenging. And I'm not saying that food is not powerful, which we'll talk about that here in a minute. But what I am saying is that oftentimes there's a lot of other things happening here. And in my experience, blaming food and making food the enemy, right, has never led anyone to a better health outcome. I mean, if so, if for you, I mean, do tell, feel free to, you know, reach out and let me know. But in my experience, food blame really only leads to dissatisfaction with food experiences, which when you're dissatisfied with your food experiences, you can end up, quote unquote, trying to make up for it, right? And eating more than what your body was maybe designed to be eating, but you're not satisfied. And so part of your body's programming is to be satisfied. So that can be really problematic if we're avoiding certain things or saying we can't have certain things such as bread, for example, right? We'll say, can't have bread. I can't have bread. It makes me feel bloated. I can't have bread. It makes me feel bloated. But then we end up eating I don't know, let's just say 10 cookies. I don't know. I'm just using examples. I'm sure you can draw some of your own examples for you. But what else food blame I've seen happen? And again, from my own experience and from my years of working with clients is that we go into this blame with food and declaring that food makes us feel this way or that way, and we're not supposed to have it. But then we end up breaking down and we have it. And so then we have this deep regret over our food choices. And again, this can cause spiraling. This can cause overeating. This can cause undereating. It can really just spiral. But really what's at the root there is that deep regret for not having willpower, right? When we blame food, it's almost like there's this presumption that we just need to find that willpower finally right? But here's the thing is willpower is a finite resource. It is not something you're going to be able to do with food because you are biologically driven to nourish yourself. And so therefore willpower is not something that's basically going to overpower that biological need to survive. Okay. So I'm just telling you right now, however, when we blame food, it leads us towards thinking that we need to have more willpower. The other big, big problem that I see with blaming food for certain things, emotions, physical ailments, all of the above, is that we can have a massive, massive block to what impacts food may actually be having, okay? When we are kind of spiraled into our emotions around food and supposing to eat certain things or not supposing to eat certain things and kind of putting that pressure on us, right? 
and then being dissatisfied and remorseful and feeling like I just need more willpower and kind of being in this really vicious cycle. All that cycle does is cover you up from being able to actually listen to your specific body wisdom. And this is what I really want to highlight for you is that you do have wisdom that does say in this moment, your body may be more aligned or attuned with this food or not that food. And this may shift and change over the course of different days, different weeks, different times of the year. And this is all very, very normal is to be able to have this ebb and this flow with food. And now let me circle back to can food impact how you physically feel? Of course it can. Okay. Of course it can. I'm not saying that it's not going to impact you, but here's the thing is there is so, 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 so much more that goes into it than just the food. Okay. And I don't even know that I could do an entire episode on just this and we would not hit every single point of what else can impact our our physical feelings. But just to give you a few of the nuggets of what else is going to impact you physically is the level of stress that you're experiencing. This can actually directly impact your hormonal balance, which can directly impact your hunger, your fullness, your satiety, and your mood, which can also impact food intake, right? So you see, it's not actually the food. It's more about hormone regulation. And actually, really, if we get even further down to it, it's really has to do with more of stress management and stress alleviation and awareness of where maybe that stress is coming from and what's happening to our physical body with stress and are there emotions tied to that stress that are actually tied up into our physical body and preventing cellular movement and some different things like that, okay? And to go along with that, something else that's going to impact how you physically feel is your thoughts. How and what you think actually can impact how well your food is digested and absorbed or not, okay? The brain and the gut have what we call the gut-brain access, or I like to refer to it as the elevator because basically there's the vagus nerve that runs on the longest cranial nerve in your body and it travels from the brainstem down to the lowest part of your intestine. So this goes up and down and up and down. It's it's like an elevator, or you can kind of think of it like a highway of communication between your brain and your gut. And the messaging can go two ways. So if your gut or GI system is impaired for some reason, it can send signals to the brain. And if your brain is troubled, again, how you're thinking or what you're thinking it can send signals down to the gut. And oftentimes you may not even notice that 
your brain is thinking these thoughts, you might notice your gut before you notice your brain. It's kind of like when you have that gut feeling, you can feel that, ugh. Maybe you cross someone in a grocery store or something and you're like, oh, that person gave me a strange feeling, right? And you can kind of feel it in your stomach and then your head picks up the signal and goes, oh, okay, it was that person, right? It doesn't have to be the thoughts in your head first, but thoughts in your head do go down and, and do impact. So really gastrointestinal disruptions or, or issues, right? can be the cause or the result of anxiety, stress, worry, depression, all of these things. So as you can see, really, it can become quite complex when we're looking at all of the different parts of the body. And just want to mention as well that other things that can impact our physical well-being are things such as sleep, the timing of the food that we're eating, and maybe what food is paired with what? So for example, we'll just use bread again because I know bread has such a bad rap out in the world, right? But let's just say you eat bread and you don't feel well and you immediately say, I must be intolerant to bread. Bread must be a food that I don't do well with. Well, I'd like to challenge that a little bit because number one, we want to look at your environment. We want to look at your level of stress and we also want to look at How hungry were you? Were you overly hungry? And then you ate the bread. And so maybe there's some GI distress happening there because you were overly hungry. Or is it possible that, oh, I wonder if I pair this with some other foods such as a protein or a fiber or a vegetable, whatever, whatever else you want to pair it with to kind of play around with it, pair it with something else and then see how you do, right? We need to be curious. We need to be curious Georgias or whatever you want to call it. We need to put our curious hat on and we need to kind of play around with all of these things and, you know, really begin to look at all of these different elements. So to help you break away, again, being curious is going to be really helpful, but to really break away from food being responsible for everything, you must first learn what else can impact your physical and emotional health? And then also be compassionate and gentle with yourself and don't jump to conclusions quickly. And most importantly, begin to see yourself as someone who has great health on a very, very brain level, right? Be able to imagine yourself having foods, and enjoying it. And I know that that seems almost so basic, but I've been there. I've been where you may be at if you're listening to this episode and that every single minute I was thinking, I don't love this food. I don't love how I feel. I just want to figure it out. You know, there was just so much turmoil and stress and angst over everything that I was thinking and everything that I was feeling. And it just was this constant, almost burning within my soul. And so just taking that pause in that moment to say, all right, I'm going to start visualizing myself and I'm going to actually start connecting to my future healthy, well self. Okay. And I'm enjoying foods and I can be around my family and I can be around friends or whatever it is for you, okay? Whatever it is in life right now that you're not getting because 
food is responsible for it and it's holding you back, I want you to kind of flip that over like a pancake. I know you hear me say that term all the time, but flip it over like a pancake and start seeing yourself in a different light. And just continue on a daily basis to picture yourself in that new light and what it is that you're going to want. Now, of course, to help you with this, one of the best ways I would recommend for you to stop having food being responsible for everything is to journal about your daily experiences, not just about food, but all of the other things that I mentioned in this episode. You want to be noting down things like your environment and your stress and how hungry were you, how full were you? What was your mood like? What was your satisfaction like? And really be taking note of what else was going on in your day and don't jump to quick conclusions. Again, you want to look back at this over time. You don't want to look at just one day, one meal, one experience and say, oh, this is it. And just declare that because when you do that declaration, you do create a self-fulfilling prophecy. And because if your brain is constantly saying, I can't digest XYZ food, well, guess what happens if you go to eat XYZ food? Your body begins to not digest it. So don't jump to the conclusions, get really curious, write it down. Of course, you can use your intuitive life journal or you can use something else to note down all of these different things, but your intuitive life journal does have all of that put together for you, packaged up into one booklet, which is crazy that somehow I was able to fit all of that in there. But the thing is, is this is my passion. This is 100% my passion is helping people break away from food being responsible for everything and really being able to come into ease and enjoyment with food, okay? And then of course, if for any reason you're like, you know what, I just can't even figure this out, I really encourage you to work alongside a professional who can help guide you through this. And I wanna also highlight that when you're looking to work with a professional, I really encourage you to find a professional who's willing to look at the role of functional medicine and have an understanding of the impact food can have and be willing to look at these other factors. This is not a, well, I can either go the route of utilizing food as thy medicine and the route of functional nutrition or I can go more of the route of intuitive eating. No, 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 no. These things and these nutrition philosophies can absolutely be combined. So it doesn't have to be either or. We're saying and, all right? We wanna be looking at this from a very grand experience lens because here's the thing is food intolerances can be a real thing. Okay, I know I've heard some other intuitive eating counselors say that there's no such thing as food intolerances. Well, guess what? (laughs) There can be, very science-based. However, I also agree that we don't need to unnecessarily cut out food just because and then never re-challenge it. If you look at the autoimmune protocol, and I'm getting a little bit on a tangent here, but I will wrap this up here in a second. If you look at the autoimmune protocol, it talks about how there's an importance of re-challenging any type of food that is removed from someone's diet. 
But see, what I want to do is add on an extra layer is that if you are someone who is having physical or emotional ailments, right, from food, it's okay to play around with removing these foods alongside also looking at environment and stress and sleep and all of these other elements, hormone balance, all of these other parts, and then maybe actually removing the food, right? We don't want to jump into removing foods unnecessarily because when we remove foods out of someone's diet or out of your diet unnecessarily, then that can create a whole other host of potential intolerances down the road. So we just don't want to go that route, okay? So basically what I'm saying is is that there's a lot more to look at here than just food. So it's not food that is necessarily making you feel bloated. Now, it may or may not be, but it more than likely could have more to do with stress, how you're thinking about the food, what you're pairing that food with, what else is going on in your life at that moment. So you need to start looking at all of the other elements around food before just saying, oh, food, that's it, okay? Now, with that said, I have to add one caveat here, and that, of course, is that if you have a direct allergy to a food, you can absolutely say that you cannot have that food because it causes an allergy, okay? That is the only time that you 100% can say, I have this, and therefore, I should not have that. Or if you have celiac disease, then no, I recommend you not playing around with gluten, okay? So you can say that if you are someone with celiac disease and you say, gluten made me sick, 100%, you can say that, right? That's very diagnosable and 100%. Now, when we get into the land of intolerances, we need to look at all of these other elements. So that is it for today, my friends. And here is your transformational takeaway for this episode. If you are experiencing a physical or emotional ailment, don't be quick to blame food. It could also have to do with stress, hormones, your thoughts, sleep, timing of foods, what foods you paired with it, and so, so much more. Thank you so much for taking precious time out of your day to connect here. You listened because there is some part of you that is interested in learning to love your food, love yourself, and love your life. But if you're like most women, you have already been down this road before, wishing, hoping, and wanting for something to finally actually work, but things don't change. That being said, if you're committed to creating long-term change, then whatever you do, consider joining our brand new Uplift community. It's a private and safe Facebook community where you're supported by peers and two professional dietitians and intuitive eating counselors. Again, thank you so much for being here. Much love.